On today's first round KO, we continue our NFL season predictions. And today we take a look at the NFC West, the Rams, the Seahawks, the 49ers, and the Cardinals. We take a look at all of those teams. We predict how they're going to do in their West division. A little side note, the internet connection was uh, a little extra crappy today while recording, and there are bits and pieces where Connor uh, comes in and out, (laughs) and I I purposely left some parts in edited just so that you guys could at least get pieces of what he was saying and kind of understand my frustration listening to him also. Um, So just kind of bear with us uh, through that part of it, Um, but for the most part it's pretty good i think it's only during his 49ers stuff and a little bit towards the end too um yeah enjoy let's get it Shock the system. Welcome to the most must-hear WSUW sports podcast in history. Welcome to First Round KO. I am your host, KO, a.k.a. Howard J. Dingers, and I am joined, as always, by Mr. Connor J. Moore. Very glad that connection decided to reconnect right after the end, right at the end of that, because <laughs> I would have missed that entire thing. <laughs> Ah, oh, the beauty right of middle, Skype calls. When you were saying, right when in the middle when you were saying "Welcome to," it just cuts out. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Awesome. And so I'm sitting here, and so I'm sitting here, and I'm just like, "Here we go again." <laughs> but oh, we're good. I mean, we were uh, just talking. It's funny because we were just talking before we started recording about how this is just the podcast in general, and like our our. Obviously, we'll be able to have better conversations and the overall quality of the sound in the podcast will be better once you're here in three weeks, we found out, in three weeks and you're actually here. And, and then we lost signal on the Skype call. <laughs> yep. So let's hope that doesn't happen while we're recording. Um, but today we are continuing our NFL preview and our NFL predictions, and today we shift gears uh monday show we did the nfc east go back and listen to that if you're interested but today we're going from one coast to the other coast with the nfc west the nfc west consists of the los angeles rams the san francisco 49ers the seattle seahawks and the arizona cardinals the LA Rams are the reigning champs. They were 11 and 5 last year. The Seahawks came in second with a 9 and 7 record. Did they make the wild card? I don't remember. Nah, I can't remember. Uh, yeah, they might have made the wild. They, they actually might have made the wild card. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, they finished in second place in the West last year at 9 and 7. The Cardinals finished in third at 8 and 8, and the 49ers interestingly Finished in fourth at six and ten, but five of those six wins were their last five games. They ended the season on a five-game streak because those were the last; those were the first five games that Jimmy G played for them. So that is all. That's still interesting to me. Jimmy G is undefeated as a NFL starter, so we'll get to the 49ers. But this division 
you know, this division is always, you know, we talked about on Monday how the the East is always the uh, the most competitive and most interesting division in the NFL. But this one has the makings every year to be very competitive, not as competitive as the East, but there's always a team or two in this division. But this year it seems to be shifting, um, and we'll talk about that. So we are going to start off with the reigning champions, the Los Angeles Rams. Connor, what do you think about the Rams? I would just like to give a shout-out to the Rams coaching staff because they're one of few teams right now who have an unofficial depth chart posted on their website. So props to you guys. I wonder if that's because their game is, like, Thursday. But Probably. <laughs> regardless, uh, two, two out of the four teams in this division have an unofficial depth chart out on their websites. So... Thank you, guys. Kudos to you, guys. <laughs> Anyways, what do I think about this Rams team? I love Sean McVay. Absolutely adore him. I remember when the Bears were on the head coaching hunt and everything for a while. They were looking at him for, for a little bit, but then they didn't can Fox. We know how that worked out, Bears fans. Uh, Jared Goff, I, I'm a believer in Jared Goff, in, in all honesty. I know a lot of people... Or like to say, and I think even you mentioned it a couple of times in the last show, saying how Sean McVay was able to make Jared Goff look like a star. You know, I don't think Jared Goff is an all-pro quarterback by, by any means. I mean, he can certainly develop into one, but I don't think he's one now. But, I mean, I don't want to call him bad or call him a bust either and call him just a one-hit wonder because almost everybody was bad when Jeff Fisher was still there. And then those same people broke out and looked very well when McVay took over. Point in case their playoff appearance last year and looked and looked pretty good throughout the regular season as well. And I'm looking at the team, you know, they still have the the heavy hitters are still there. Jared Goff, obviously, Todd Gurley, one of if uh actually screw it. Top five running back in the league. I was gonna Easy. say one of the be- I was gonna say one of the best, but let me just condense that right now and say top five running back i have him my notes say one of the best <laughs> so you know the wide receiving core uh i like brandon cooks mike thomas and Stan robert woods i don't know why but i'm a massive fan of cooper cup cooper cup is I, great i couldn't tell you why i like him so much same but i just do i'm really not sure the uh, offensive line not not that bad defense is where it gets busy you know, and um, Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue, Michael Brockers, and good luck getting past uh, the those those cornerbacks with Akib Talib with the new acquisition throughout in the offseason, and Marcus Peters. You know who they've had, who they've had. Now they're going to have for an entire season. Again, it's you know I oh and by the way, I forgot to mention one of the coolest punters in the league and in, in Johnny Hecker. One of the best punters in the league. <laughs> very true. Uh, you know, Greg Zerline, also once, a, very, a very good kicker. Once Pat McAfee retired, he then took over the mantle as the best and the coolest. True. Not wrong. Notice me, Pat McAfee. Oh, my goodness. Just come on my podcast. You're Sorry, worse than continue. me. You're worse than me and Kate Nolan. Bro, I, I just want to meet Pat McAfee. I just want to talk to him. I couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> all in all. To keep my summary about the St. Louis Rams short, I think year two in the McVay system, we are going to see 
more strides of this team. You know, you're, you're going to have everyone very comfortable with the system now, beyond comfortable knowing that they have, you know, came off a really good year. And the key thing here is that there's that sense of belief now. You know, they mm-hmm. sure they didn't they didn't progress far in the playoffs as far as they wanted to, but McVeigh's system works. He's an energetic guy. He's a young he's a young head coach. He gets these guys. He he can he has the ability to rally the troops. I think this team last year's success was massive for this team because you come off of two years ago where the whole Jeff Fisher thing was just so toxic to almost everyone in that organization. And then you get a breath of fresh air, a breath of fresh air rather, with McVeigh, and you saw what happened last year. Now you get year two in the McVeigh system. I think they can improve. I honestly, honestly do think they can improve. And this is a team that I think can win this division again. I don't. I don't see why. I don't see why not. Yeah, this this team. It's scary because this team looked like at times last year like the best team in the in the uh, NFC at least and you know a lot of young guys on the team a lot of guys that they capped like they really only lost Sammy Watkins but they gained Brandon Cooks so like they really didn't lose anything they gained more pieces and now they gain more experience and more knowledge as a whole team and this team this team scares me honestly like it it's just going to be a great team. Jared Goff is a good enough quarterback <laughs> to win, especially with the talent on the roster. Like Goff, he's no Drew Brees, he's no Aaron Rodgers, but he's a lot like Blake Bortles and a lot like Dak Prescott like I talked about on Monday where he's a game manager and he but I think he's a a little better than a game manager like he can actually make some of the tough throws. He's just not consistent. I, you know, I'm not going to put him in the top tier of quarterbacks, but he's he's good enough to win with this talented roster and with all the pieces that they put around him. Plus, with the coaching staff, it you know it it makes his life a lot easier and a lot of pressure is taken off of him to and he just kind of has to go out there and perform and be his best. He doesn't have to be the best. He just has to be his best. Um, Sean McVay, like I mentioned, he knows how to use every weapon on this team. He knows how to use Todd Gurley effectively, which is basically just get the ball in Todd Gurley's hands. He knows how to use the wide receivers, even though this is kind of like a ragtag group of wide receivers. Like the, He knows how to use them, and adding a weapon like Brandon Cooks is only going to make that better. And then, like I said, he knows he knows what throws – Goff can make and what he can't do and his limitations. So he's going to put him in situations where he's going to be able to succeed. Um, so Sean McVay, fantastic. He's going to do great with this with this roster. Todd Gurley deserved this contract. I said it before and I'll say it again. In football terms, in you know, in athletes getting paid, obviously I I will say it again. Athletes are overpaid, but in the terms of the sports world, Todd Gurley deserved every penny of that contract. One of the best, and I said it, you said it, and then you backed off, but I'll say it. He is one of the best all-around backs in the league right now. Like, I think Le'Veon Bell's a better runner, and I think Zeke has a little more explosiveness, but all around with blocking, running, receiving, everything, he's he's the best at all of them, I think, with the combination of all the skills. 
Um, and he, I believe he's going to have the majority of the touches for this team and like yards and touchdowns. Like he's, he's going to be the primary focus of this offense for sure, whether it's catching out of the backfield or just running. Um, the wide receivers, like I mentioned, Cooks is going to be fantastic. He's going to be their number one dude. Woods is a solid dude to have on the on the team too. And like you mentioned, I'm I'm really high on Cooper Cup. I'm not sure why. He's fun to watch. He made a lot of big plays last year. So they have a lot of underutilized and underrated talent at the wide receiver position. And Sean McVay is going to use them to their full potential. The only weakness that I saw on the Rams offense was at tight end. Their starting tight end is Tyler Higby. I have I will admit I have never heard of him <laughs> which is strange yeah, I, be- I right I which is weird because like I play so much Madden I feel like I know everyone in the NFL <laughs> Okay I I'm not like I'm not even kidding like I I I can at least recognize names because I play so many franchise modes with like every other team and t- I've never heard of Tyler Higby so like it, you know we'll see what kind of numbers we'll see what he can do I'm sure Sean McVay like with Goff, he'll know the weaknesses and the strengths of this dude, so he'll put him in positions to succeed. Um, you know, but he's obviously not going to be as talented as the rest of the offense, so it'll be interesting. Um, and their offensive line is pretty good. Defensively, it's 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 scary because last year their defense was amazing. Now this year, it's phenomenal. Shout out AJ Styles. This defense was so good last year. They added Indonikin Sue on the line. They added Aki Talib, Sam Shields, and Marcus Peters at the cornerback. Th- those are three starters. <laughs> Absolutely. Like one, two, three. Boom, boom, boom. You'll be fine. And they already have their safeties. The only thing that they lost in defense last year was Alec Ogletree to the Giants. So this, this Corey Littleton's going to have to step up. He played behind Ogletree, so he's going to be able to. You know, hopefully replace him. He all he needs to do really is play his role and uh, keep the middle of the defense in line. But if he can step up and he can play even half of what Ogletree did last year, this defense is going to be phenomenal. It's it's really scary to look at, um, especially with the amount of points that the offense is going to put up. That defense is going to be able to stop teams from scoring as much. They're going to keep them under twenty, under fifteen most games. Um, and then the unsung heroes of this team, probably, there's an argument to be made that they're the best kicker combination in the league with Greg Zerline and John Hecker. Hecker's one of the best punters, and Zerline's fantastic. He's very consistent at the kicker position, so they, they're going to help him. Special, special, teams wise, special teams is very underrated nowadays in the NFL, but it, it can win games. You know, we ask the – who was it? It was the Vikings. Ask the Vikings. Special, special teams can cost you late late in the season. <laughs> um, but, yeah, overall, this this Rams team is just top to bottom, talented on the roster, and they added to last year. Like, they really only lost a couple people, but they replaced one of them, and now they got – and they added to their other weaknesses during the offseason. This Rams team, to me – talent wise is better plus they have more experience and it and like you mentioned too it's the second year of the McVeigh system I think they're only going to get better and this this Los Angeles team is very scary I fully expect them to defend that divisional crown we will move on from Los Angeles 
over a little ways down the coast to uh, San Francisco 49ers. Connor, what do you think of the 2018 49ers? Arguably everyone's uh, favorite team right now, the one that everyone wants to get behind, uh, thanks to a certain Jimmy G, apparently, or at, or not apparently, at the at one point, the supposed successor to the New England quarterback throne that is Tom Brady currently. Man, I still think that the Patriots should have gotten a lot more from that trade. But or they should that's have what happens when him. you sit on him. Probably. <laughs> but my problem with the 49ers, though, first of all, let me get it out the way. I am one of those people who are, are behind the 49ers. I want to see this team do so well. Uh, there's so there's a lot of talent on this team that I'm a big fan of. There's a oh. Ooh, you're cutting out. I can't hear you. Howard. Oh, hello. In practice a couple of times. Hey. I can't. Yep. Hello. Can you hear me? I couldn't for a while. Now I there can. We oh, weird. <laughs> I was worried about the Sherman thing. It's not, it's, I'm not saying that because I saw the video that everyone's losing sleep over, which I don't think we should be losing sleep over. I just wonder, is is Father Time gonna gonna play a role on him? Has he lost a step with that with the Achilles injury? And with everything? Richard Sherman? Yeah, I'm okay. very, I'm very interested slash worried to see how that works. I still think if it's the Richard Sherman that I know just from watching his the past few years, I hope he has a really good season because he's gonna come out with that chip on his shoulders, a, a chip that we haven't really seen since everyone was kind of dissing the Seahawks, and we know how that went. They went to the Super Bowl twice right? and whatnot. Reuben Foster, one of, one of the best linebackers in the league, in my opinion. Malcolm mm-hmm. Smith, uh, another one. Ted Forrest, there. an underrated defensive tackle. Uh, Solomon Thomas, uh, one of my favorite defensive ends. And then on the offensive side of the ball, you have Jarek Hennon uh, being, being the fullback there. You can't really go wrong. Jimmy Garoppolo, it's going to be interesting to see how he – in his first full season his first full season and what I'm more interested about or what I'm mostly interested about in that is how he's going to handle taking lumps and by that I mean how is he going to handle the inevitable loss he can't keep this undefeated as a starter streak going forever <laughs> there's no way so oh, I want to know how he's going to respond to that he's got, a, he's got an up and coming offensive line in front of him, Pierre Garcon is one is a very reliable veteran wide receiver. Marquise Goodwin, um, it's for all the promise and all the potential. I'll use that word again for the Niners, and they're just oozing with potential here. There's question marks. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, a lot of question marks on the defensive side of the ball, and then offensive consistency. I think Kyle Shanahan is a fun, is a great head coach. I don't I wouldn't necessarily say phenomenal yet. I want to see how he does now that he has his his franchise quarterback. Right. So I think I think he's a pretty good head coach. I think that this team definitely has the capability of shocking a lot of people in this division, maybe even in the entire conference, because as I mentioned, they're just oozing with that potential. Right. But it's a different. But it's different than the potential I mentioned with the Giants. The Giants' potential is like there's a there are bona fide stars there, and it's just and we're healthy, and they were all disgruntled, disillusioned by 
We lost you again. We're going to let rip. Oh, there you are. As we've seen. No, you're in and out again. Yeah, I can't. No, we're going to try. We're going to have to call him back. Hello? Hello, world again. <laughs> oh, boy. I've returned. You've returned. <laughs> yeah, we missed a good part of that well, little pet. That... We'll sum it up like this. I'm one foot in on the 49ers bandwagon because I see the potential there. I'm one foot out because I want to know if defensive consistency will be there. And I need to know how Jimmy Garoppolo will handle being, without a shadow of a doubt, the guy, the franchise cornerstone. Yeah, I'm I'm all in on Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I always have been. You know, he to me, he was always the predecessor to Tom Brady. I always thought that once Brady retired, Belichick was just going to keep being successful with, with Garoppolo. Like, I really thought that he was going to take over and the Patriots were just going to be good for another 20 years. Like, it, that's always what I thought. And now that he's... He's on this 49ers team, which has – let's just put it this way. They were they were 1-10 in 10 when Jimmy G came to this, when, to this team. They're overall not a great team. So, like, it's, it's really interesting. I like the way you, putting, you put it, uh, you know, saying that you have one foot in, one foot out. Because that's really how – like, this team could be really good. But on the other hand, they could just be almost as bad as last year. Now, the reason I'm going to say I'm going to lean more on the side of them being really good this year. And there's one reason, kind of two reasons, but really just one main reason, and that's Jimmy Garoppolo. I believe that he is the real deal, and I think the 49ers have found their next franchise quarterback. Like, this dude is going to win multiple MVPs. He's going to win a Super Bowl eventually once they put some real talent around him. Jimmy Garoppolo is the real deal, and he's going to be fantastic. But I do believe that the 49ers, much like some other teams in this division, I think they're rebuilding right now. Even though they have their franchise quarterback, they have him. They extended his contract. I don't even remember how long. It is a very long contract for Jimmy G. They have him for a while. So right now, you know, and the right now it's it's a rebuild it's you know they gotta <laughs> they gotta put some talent around him they gotta hit free agency for a couple of years here and bring in some people because their their offensive line is not good their offensive line is is very weak and it's something that Jimmy G is going to have to overcome on offense he's going to have to be able to get the ball out quick maybe scramble and extend plays that's something that he's going to have to overcome. Um, it's going to help him, though, having Jarek McKinnon, who they got from Minnesota. It's going to help him ha- help Jimmy G having Jarek McKinnon in the backfield because he's a he's a major like he's very good at pass catching. He's he's an he's a so-so running back in general, but he's a very good pass catcher. Um, so that's going to help. You know if. If Jimmy G sees that the offensive line's breaking down, he, Jarek McKinnon's going to be a very good uh, checkdown option for him, and ho- hopefully he's be, he'll be able to help block too. Um, so you know, Jarek McKinnon he won't put up big numbers. He's not going to you know he's not going to be Zeke. He's not going to be Todd Gurley, but he'll be he'll be good enough out of the backfield 
as a wide receiver basically for Garoppolo and he'll help him a lot too and the the other big reason besides Jimmy G that I think this team is going to be good is because of the head coach Kyle Shanahan I think um coaching is going to be a big part in this division um along with just pure talent but you look at you look at Kyle Shanahan and you see I mentioned it on Monday show too the the drop in offensive numbers when Shanahan left um Atlanta when he left when he left the Falcons Matt Ryan and Julio Jones as good as they are their numbers declined a little bit this season after Shanahan left he he has a very good system and you saw what he was able to do with Jimmy G in the last five games last year I'm very interested to see with an off or with an off season and with you know preparing and all these people now being able to mesh together I think there's a lot of promise there's a lot of promise for this team to be very good because they're going to be well coached, much like the Rams. Defense is shaky, very, very shaky. Um, weak secondary. You know, obviously Richard Sherman's going to be there. He's he's going to be the strong point, basically, of the defense. You know, the the two strong points are going to be Richard Sherman and the defensive line. The defensive line is actually very, very talented. If they can if they can make some noise, then the then the corners won't have to cover as much, but. As Packer fans, we we know what not having good a good secondary can do to your decent or defensive line. Like it's, it, you need to have corners. So just having Richard Sherman, I don't think is going to be enough. But we'll see. And they they didn't bring back Eric Reed either. So I think that they I think they have some problems in the secondary. So we'll see if they address that during the season. We'll see what kind of people can step up. But I think. I don't think this defense is going to be good enough. So if this team is going to want to win games, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to put up some points. Like they're going to have to be a primarily offensive team, putting up more points than the defense is allowing. So that's how they're going to win. Like I said, they're still rebuilding, but so are the other two teams in this division. I'll get to the we'll get to those in a second. But I think this team is a little further in the rebuild only because of the quarterback. Like this quarterback kind of makes up for that rebuild a little bit. Like I don't think they're a playoff team this year. There's a very strong chance that they maybe reach a wild card, but I don't. I I think they just miss it this year. Get some pieces in the off season, and they'll be a really good team to watch next year. I think, like I said, this is a this is a very promising team, and they have the franchise quarterback there. I'm just very interested to see what they do with them now. This is officially year one of the Jimmy Garoppolo experience, experiment, whatever you want to call it. This is the start of it. And I can't wait. Um, We now move north a little bit to Seattle with the Seahawks. Connor, what do you think about the Seahawks this year? How the mighty have fallen. (laughs) That's... That's how I, I figured you. I can't even say you. I figured every Green Bay Packer fan in the history of existence would. I don't know every why la- you would say that. it's not like there was a bad Monday night game or something like that. Like I don't know. I don't know what. Not you're at talking all. About. Not at all. You know, between that and everyone just having this irrational hatred for Russell Wilson. I, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't call it irrational. First, there was the fail Mary. Second. Okay, what do you expect? Okay, my, my response to that is, do you expect them to go in the press conference and be like, 
yeah, well, yeah, it, it was it was the wrong call. Hell no. No, Own I don't that. expect him to do Own that. It. But he's the one that threw it, so he's still at fault. And then you have the playoff game. And yes, I'm more angry at the Packers than the Seahawks for that. But it was the Seahawks, so I still have to be mad at them. And then you have the fact that not only Russell Wilson, yes, he was a Wisconsin quarterback. He played for the Badgers, but that was only for one season. And that's because he wanted to be in more of a spotlight because he was playing at Nebraska. And he wasn't, or was it Nebraska? NC State. NC State, NC you're right. State. I was getting, it was red and white. But still, he wanted more of a, I don't, I don't consider him a Badger. Yes, he played there, but I don't consider, I don't think anyone in Green Bay really likes, or in Wisconsin in general, really likes Russell Westbrook. And Clearly, and I don't get why, even though I can kind of get it, Wilson. but I still don't get it. <laughs> he's brought us too much pain. Oh, you mean like the fact that you mean like the fact that he act, that he also lost you guys a Rose Bowl. But anyways, yeah. I digress. He lost a Rose Bowl. Oh, it wasn't, it wasn't Andy a, Dalton. <laughs> okay, that TCU team was good, but that's that was then, this is now. Anyways. Still don't like anyways. <laughs> that my response or that's pretty much my biggest thing here with uh with the Seahawks is how the mighty have fallen. It's it, it's it's almost ins, it's almost insane here. Uh, Earl Thomas is still is still on the roster, but he's not showing up because they're not paying him. Chan, Cam Chancellor presumably retired. He's still listed on the roster. He's listed as as a reserve slash physically unable to perform. But he already basically yeah. he remember the Instagram post where he basically said, yeah. "This is it." I'm um, pretty sure that he's considered retired at this point. Right, it, he's and he's and he's on the reserve list. He's not even on the active, physically unable to perform. So, Weird. I mean, let's start at the quarterback position. You still have Russell Wilson. You still have a tier one quarterback at the helm. You still have Pete Carroll. For, for you know, you still have some pieces like KJ Wright on defense. And I'm going to have to actually try to really go through this because there aren't many left. <laughs> uh, Barkevius Mingo, I like. Uh, it was a good pickup as a linebacker. linebacker. You, they, they're bringing in Brandon Marshall as a wide receiver to help out Russell Wilson. Tyler Lockett is I – have, I have a – again, this is just one of those miscellaneous wide receivers who I just like. Right. And I, I like – I'm a big fan of Tyler Lockett. Uh, Sebastian mm. Janikowski, I just want to mention that because he's not a Raider, which is weird. <laughs> Never so thought weird. I'd see the day. That's going to be so strange. The Griffin bro, Shaquem and Shaquille. Um, I, can't, I really hope uh, uh, Shaq Griffin tears the league up this year. I think that's a oh, phenomenal story. And let's see, Jer- Jaron Brown, Dwayne Brown, Jeremy Boykin. <laughs> I... I say this with all due. Oh yeah, and then Doug Baldwin is still on the team as well. I I forgot. There's been so many. Oh, damn, been still, so, I forgot they still have him. Right. There's been so much turnover with that Seattle team, which leads me to my point here. I don't know what to expect from the Seattle Seahawks. I don't know. Yeah. Now you still have some key pieces there. You have the key piece still there in Russell Wilson. True. And Russell Wilson is one of those quarterbacks, in my opinion, who has the ability to make 
the team around him because he's multidimensional. He's an accurate arm, a strong arm, not very strong, but strong enough. Mm-hmm. And he's very mobile. He can extend plays. And you still you have a couple veteran wide receivers. Outside of that, I couldn't. I, I don't. I don't know what to expect from that defense. I, I really don't know what to expect from that defense. That the running back position has been the has essentially been a black hole since Marshawn Lynch left. You know, yeah. I don't know. I and the thing is, like, I don't even know what the Seahawks know what they're doing. And by that, I mean I don't know if they're rebuilding, if they're retooling, if they're doing all doing the whole rebuild on the fly. But if something sticks, we're just gonna roll with it and <laughs> see if we compete. Yeah, I don't know. I legitimately don't know. At least for the other three teams in the division, you know what pro- you know what road they're going down, more or less. Right. You know you know that the Rams are contenders. You know that the 49ers are reaching are approaching that last stage of the rebuild. You know that the Cardinals are rebuilding slash retooling, but they're essentially getting ready to getting, getting ready to go. On a on a rebuild, I would say more mm-hmm. retooling right now, yes. or so. So they're they're in the they're they're competitive. They're yes. not contenders, but they're at least competitive. I don't know what to label the Seattle Seahawks. I don't. They're not rebuilding yet. They're not retooling yet. I still think there's yeah. I I still think there's a few question marks before I could say they're competitive. The only reason I'll say that they're competitive is because they have a Super Bowl pedigree to them. They've been to two Super Bowls. Right. A, a few. Uh, they still have a decent amount of the people who are on that super, who are on those Super Bowl teams on the roster. Still led by the same for the, by the same coaching staff for the most part. You know that offense really hasn't been the same since Quinn left for Atlanta. That's the only reason why why part of me was to say, oh, those they'll still be competitive. The NFC West will still be competitive. But long are the days now where I'm just immediately penciling in Seattle as, oh, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna win the NFC uh, West or they're gonna definitely fight for it. This is a wild card team at best, and I don't say that confidently because again, I. It's not that I'm bashing on this team because I don't want to bash on them. I've kind of always been a Seahawks. I don't want to say I've always been a Seahawks fan. I've always followed the Seahawks during since Deshaun Alexander, Matt Hasselbeck days. It was Super Bowl Forty. I I rode. I I think I rode that team way too hard to be someone from the Midwest uh, that year, the entire year, not just the Super Bowl. But. I, I don't know what they are. I don't know what that identity is. The identity of the Legion of Boom on defense, hmm. that's, that's gone. Gone. You know, that's gone. The identity of, you know, having a running back who can kind of make you second guess on the option plays or, or the RPOs, gone. There's inconsistent running back play. The wide receivers are there, but can they be? But is that enough? 
I think it definitely helps that Russell Wilson has a guy like Brandon Marshall in returning people like Lockett and Baldwin. Holy crap, I that forgot off- they signed Brandon Marshall. The offensive line, another question mark, because Russell Wilson, we're starting to see a few a lot more in the past few years. He's been getting lit up recently. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to make of this team. <laughs> so as I said, long, long gone are the days where it just felt like they were just, it was a shoe-in. They were going to make life difficult for everyone in the NFC West. And it's weird because it just, I blink and it felt like the other day the Seahawks were Super Bowl contenders. And now they're kind of stuck in this purgatory in the NFC West. And it doesn't help that the rest of the NFC in general is getting better and they're kind of stuck in this weird purgatory. So I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of this roster. I really don't. I won't. I probably won't have an answer for you until week six. I really don't know what to make of this roster. So to me, this looking back on this whole situation, this Seattle Seahawks team looks to me like a you know maybe how do I want to put this a a person I I would compare them to a person in their. Mm. You're gonna say midlife crisis. Yeah, yeah. Just, just hold on. I got a <laughs> got a whole analogy here that I just put together. So like midlife, like you know, they're they're getting up there, but they don't want to accept it. They still think that they are still in their prime and that they can push through this. And Seattle was, you know, what we made a couple of Super Bowls. We're still making a lot of noise. It doesn't matter if some of these contracts are expiring and it doesn't matter if some of these people want to retire. We'll just we'll push through it and we'll deal with it when it happens. Well, you let Marshawn Lynch walk. Yes, he retired, but apparently he didn't want to. Um, let's see here. You let Richard Sherman walk. Walk straight to your division rival. Um, let's see here. Oh yeah, Cam Chancellor. Cam Chancellor is uh, apparently retired. Hasn't made up his mind yet. Wouldn't be surprised if he went to another team. Uh, Cliff Averill. I think I think he's done. I, I, I also think, think he's done. Cam Chancellor's done. But then again, we all thought Marshawn Lynch was done. But Cliff- this is a this is a good reason though. That neck is nothing to play with. I That's true. That's very that. true. And at the safety position, yeah. Um, yep. Defensive end Cliff Averill retired. Kind of just let him go now. And now Earl Thomas, your seemingly best player on your defense now he wants out too all you have on defense you know you lost michael bennett to the philadelphia eagles all you have now is really bobby or bobby wagner um kj wright and earl thomas who wants out this team seems to me like they didn't want to accept that they were falling apart if this team would have realized that we have a couple of these old guys who want to retire. We want we have these contracts that are expiring. And we have, you know, we're kind of falling off the wagon a little bit. Maybe they could have traded some of them. Maybe they could have tried to get something back. Like they are almost like if they are trying to rebuild at this point, I they failed <laughs> because they didn't get anything for all these players that they lost. They either left in free agency or they retired. 
It's not like they gained any draft picks out of this. They didn't, and they didn't get any young players. They got Brandon Marshall, not a young player. <laughs> they, and it, I don't think they got even anyone on defense. Like their best, like I said, they have those three best defensive players. Their best corner is Jeremy Lane, who we saw is very inconsistent at times. This Seahawks team was I think they were stuck in the past for a little too long and they did not want to they did not want to accept that it was time for a rebuild. Now I will admit, much like the 49ers, Russell Wilson will be able to carry this team, but they will be mediocre at best. The the offensive line is terrible. Um it, their running back who has been inconsistent in past years, I couldn't even name, I had to look up Right now, apparently, it's their it's their rookie Rashad Penny, who he's a, even a big question mark because he's a rookie. We have no idea. Rookie running backs are very hit or miss, so we'll see how that is. And like I mentioned, your best defensive player, Earl Thomas, doesn't even want to stay. He's trying to get out. And you lost Richard Sherman. You lost Cam Chancellor. You lost Cliff, Cliff Averill, and you lost Michael Bennett. This team is falling apart at the seams. And the only thing holding them together is Russell Wilson. But when you look at the when you look at their late schedule, like even starting week nine, their schedule gets tough. They have to play the Chargers at the Rams, the Packers at the Panthers, the Niners, the Vikings at the Niners, the Chiefs and the Cardinals. That is a tough second half of a schedule. The beginning's shaky. There's a lot of teams that are going to be hit or miss, but that end of the schedule is going to be rough. And to go through that many games with only a quarterback and like a ragtag group of receivers, it's going to be interesting. I, I, I don't have many hopes for this Seattle team. And it's like I said, they're, they're rebuilding but they have a quarterback, so they'll be competent, they'll be aggressive, and they'll be a, a tough beat, but I think I, I don't expect much from the Seattle team this year. They failed to accept that they were reaching the end of their prime, and they just let everyone walk without getting anything in return. The thing that I, that I think is hurting the most about the Earl Thomas thing. The thing that I, I think is helping is that I think isn't helping them about the Earl Thomas thing is that they're confused themselves. The, oh, yeah. the biggest thing that Earl Thomas wants is he even said it, it's loyalty. He wants to stay with them. But the Seahawks, again, in this purgatory of not knowing who they want to be, are essentially with Earl Thomas saying, yeah, we want to try to get younger, but we still want to, but to your point, they still kind of want to compete. And that did kind of put them in a rock and a hard place uh, with Earl Thomas here. Like I said, there's, there's such a, just how the mighty have fallen, honestly. Yeah. And the Seahawks are going to be, and I know there's two teams in this division who are quote unquote rebuilding, but the Seahawks are going to be the most, in my opinion, the most frustrating team hmm. to watch in this division, just for the sole fact 
that I don't even think they themselves know what they want to be. And if they do know what they want to be, they flip their minds. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. And I don't know what to make of this roster. You don't know what to make of this roster. I doubt they know what to make of this roster. I doubt it. I don't know. I don't know what the rest of general NFL fans and and such want to make of this roster. Pretty much, at at one point you look at Seattle Seahawks and you're like top to bottom, don't want to mess with these guys. Now when you think Seattle Seahawks are like, oh Russell Wilson's still there, that's it. Yeah. That that that's it. A lot different from three years ago. They have two good linebackers and a good safety and a quarterback. Right, and their <laughs> and their best defensive player wants out or right. they're not paying him. So right. it's, like I said, they're a frustrating team to try to decipher and they're going to be an equally frustrating team to watch this season. Which will be great for Wisconsin fans. I <clears throat> knew you were going to get that one in there. <laughs> ah... Anyway, moving on to Arizona, sunny and dry Arizona. The Arizona Cardinals, Connor, what do you think of the Cardinals for this year? Uh, another one of those teams where, again, I want to say I don't know what they're doing, but you kind of know what they're doing. <laughs> you know? yeah. I, mean, we, I mean, in all honesty, though, we do kind of know what they're doing. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, First off, let me say, them drafting Christian Kirk, the wide receiver out of Texas Mm A&M, loved that move. Player to watch. Absolutely loved it. I loved loved watching him at Texas A&M because I still sometimes, I still followed them even when Johnny Menzel left. So I really like him. Larry Fitzgerald, as long as the guy is walking upright and is playing on an NFL field. I don't think you can count him out. Antoine Bethea is an aging safety, but a very good veteran presence uh, on that team. You got Sam Bradford as your quarterback. Mm-hmm. And with, I, to be honest, there was a point last year where I went searching for something negative to say about Sam Bradford, but I really couldn't, find anything else i think the guy, <laughs> injuries <laughs> sorry <clears throat> other other than that i mean that's pretty much the only thing i have against him now is injuries but i think now sam bradford realizes the arm that he has and realizes the body that he has and realizes that he's he's not the same guy who came out of oklahoma and everyone hyped all of this world beater you know yeah promise to him I think he's finally adjusted to the quarterback that he is. He can make the big play occasionally. He still has a, a good enough arm, but he's not quite a game manager. Right. And I think that's fine. So you have him there, Bryce Butler, good wide receiver. You still have the best corner in the game, I might, I might like to add. One of the best cornerbacks in, in the league. True. They lost Matthew, but they still have Peterson. Very, very, very true. Uh, Chandler Jones is a very good uh, defensive end. David so Johnson, underrated I, at defensive end. Highly underrated. Chandler, one of the best. Like when I when he was in uh, New England, he was like one of my favorite dudes. And then they just kind of did they trade him or did I think they traded him? And I was like, okay, New England doesn't know what they're doing, and Arizona just got even scarier on defense. Right. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see who else. I just I just had it pulled up here. Oh yeah, David Johnson. Obviously, obviously, it will be interesting to see what happens now that he has had a full off season to recover. Right? Is he gonna is he gonna return back to form as the league's best running back? Arguably, yeah. Or are we gonna see a, a little bit of that diminished? They signed Mike Glennon for whatever reason. I guess for backup <laughs> help. Wait, really? I, 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 he's, he's on the roster. He's not making the roster. I'll tell you he's that gonna, right now. He's going to be gone soon. Yeah, he's not. He's not going to make the uh, roster. And of course, I would be remiss if I didn't mention a certain Josh Rosen. <laughs> and this is where I say that this team is more so retooling, yes, than they are rebuilding. Because the quarterback of the future is still there. Yes. Or rather, is now, I mean, obviously he's still there. They just drafted him. So you have your quarterback of the future. Sam Bradford and Mike Glennon, for all the crap that everyone gives him, and me, and every Bears fan in America, I would hope. You, you know Rosen is most likely not playing a snap of this season. I could be wrong. But I think it would be beneficial for him to not play. And if he does play later on in the season, if the Cardinals are out of it. Or if Sam Bradford gets hurt. <clears throat> or if Sam Bradford gets hurt. Because, yeah, I would I, I rate Rosen higher than, Mark, than Mike Glennon. But yeah. we, all know they're, we all know they're still going to play Mike Glennon if he makes the roster. Because I, I do think they're going to keep all three quarterbacks. Ooh, okay. It's going... To be interesting to see how this team does. There's enough talent there where they can compete. Out of all the teams in this, out of the four teams in this division, or the other between them, the the Niners, the Seahawks, rather, they are the most viable threat to win the NFC West, mm-hmm. and they are most definitely a candidate to get into the wild card spot. My biggest question marks for them. I think that defensive line is solid. I think them. I think the linebacking core, they can get away with. Their secondary, you know, they t- they got it. Like you mentioned, Tyron Matthews not there, but you know, I still like that team. I still like that that secondary with uh, yeah. with Brandon Williams on the other side at cornerback, and of course, uh, Pat, uh, Patrick Peterson. Yeah. Arguably the league's best corner, right? I I would, to be honest, I I think he is the number one corner, Ooh. a shutdown shutdown corner in the league. Jalen Ramsey is a very close second. Jalen Ramsey and uh, Casey Hayward. So I think they're they're a solid team. They're a right. solid enough team. My biggest question mark here, question marks plural, are all on the offensive side. Yes. How much are you going to get out of Larry Fitzgerald? Can Christian Kirk develop into that next big, agile target that that Fitz was for the longest time? And by the way, who better to learn from than Larry Fitzgerald if you're Christian Kirk? Oh, absolutely. That's going to do that wonders for his career. Absolute win. Exactly. Yeah. It's a it's a winning situation for and him. And not even not not just Kirk, but Nelson too. Nelson's still a young dude. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And. So that's my. Those are two questions that I have. 
The other one that I would have is the, obviously the health of David Johnson and then mm-hmm. of course the, the running back depth after him if he has another injury. Right. Luckily it was I don't want to say luckily, but it wasn't like it was a leg injury. It was a it was a broken wrist. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if, I think I'd be a lot more scared if if there was like a torn ACL right. or a ruptured Achilles or something. But I mean, the wrist I it's still susceptible to be hit and be snapped again. But I think everyone on the earth would rather be like, okay, if it's if it's a hand or a wrist, it's much better than you know the legs, which running backs need to run. Mm-hmm. And then the wait. biggest <laughs> wait, really? <laughs> no, not at all. They actually fly. Okay. I mean, David. I mean, That's David Johnson thought. can fly. The dude can fly. That doesn't walk on his hands if he wanted to. Honestly. The biggest question is the quarterback play. We assume Sam Bradford is going to be the starting quarterback. Yeah. The the question here is: was he a was he a product of the of the Minnesota Vikings system, or did we actually see what Sam Bradford is capable of? Because if he if he can repeat that year, if he can at least repeat seventy five percent of what he did with the Vikings. The Cardinals are challenging the Rams without a shadow of a doubt. Ooh. They don't need him to be exactly how he was in, in Minnesota. They, at the very least, need 75%. You are a Six. lot higher on Sam Bradford than I am. <laughs> I don't say that as a Sam Bradford fan. I'm just saying, just looking at how Sam Bradford played prior to the injury and everything and how everything worked out in Minnesota, yeah. with, the, with the pieces that are in place around him, there, I don't. He won't put. He's not going to put up Minnesota numbers, but he can put up close to it. It, but it really just boils down to consistency. I and I say that he just needs to play at least to about sixty-five, seventy-five percent, because I myself, I'm not sold on can Sam Bradford be consistent playing-wise, and can he stay on the field? Because if neither of those happens, Mike Glennon isn't lead, leading this team to the playoffs. And then you and then you have to worry about if you're throwing in Josh Rosen into the deep end, which sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. He has a big arm, he's a big body. But the quarterback play is so crucial for the Arizona Cardinals. I think it's going to be the corner the quarterback play, excuse me. The quarterback play this season will obviously this is I mean, this is so cliche, but it, I mean if you look at the depth if you look at the depth chart, this cliche is very valid. How they perform in that NFC West and or wildcard hunt is completely dependent on the play under center. Me and you have very different opinions on this Cardinals team. <laughs> I will just throw that out there right now. I will admit, looking through this depth chart and this roster top to bottom, they are a very talented team specifically on the defensive side. Even though they lost Tyron Matthew, they still have Antoine Bethea at safety. And, you know, if they can fill a, they can fill that strong safety spot. They they got this uh, Ezekiel Turner dude who's a rookie. Maybe he can fit in nice. We'll see. But they still have Patrick Peterson, Jamal Taylor at corners, and uh, uh, <clears throat> Deion Buchanan is a crazy athlete and a crazy good football player because he started off as a safety and then moved to the linebacker position. And now he plays both. And sometimes he even drops back in coverage. 
Dude's crazy good, crazy talented. Um, he's going to be great for them. Chandler Jones, like you said, I, I'm i in love with Chandler Jones. He's fantastic. Um, so that, that defensive line is decent. But then, you know, you look at the left, I, Marcus Golden. Wait, what? Is that dude's first name Olsen? <laughs> <laughs> or did they just mess up on that? Pierre Olsen, I think, is his name. Not, I doubt it's no, Olsen no, Pierre. I think it, I guarantee it's Olsen Pierre. <laughs> is his first name Olsen? Never heard of that before. Um, which should say something about him as an NFL player. Never heard of him before. And Corey Pete, like Cham- Chandler Jones is really the only strong suit of that line. So that could be a problem. Like you can only cover for so long in the, in the backfield. Um, so that defense can be solid, but are they going to be able to stop people enough for this offense to score more? And to me, <laughs> we have a very, like I said, we have a very different opinion on Sam Bradford. I don't think Sam Bradford is that good. Now, yes, he put up good numbers in Minnesota, but so did Case Keenum. <laughs> I strictly believe that both of those players were only good in the system and only good because of Pat Shermer and the talent that was surrounded by them Um in Minnesota. Now that that's not to say that this Arizona team isn't as talented because you can make the argument that offensively besides the O-line, they can match up pretty well talent wise with the Minnesota Vikings. like Larry Fitzgerald. Great. Christian Kirk, I think has a very bright future at wide receiver and everyone forgets about JJ Nelson, who was just electric last year for the Cardinals. Um, And then obviously David Johnson, at running back. So like and Jermaine Gresham, he's no he's no scrub on for, for tight ends. So like this offense is good. I just don't think under um instead of being under Pat Shermer, being under Mike McCoy, who's a, a football guy, but he's no Pat Shermer, he's no Kyle Shanahan, like he's not going to make a team, he's no Sean McVay. I don't think Sam Bradford can be as consistent and be as as uh effective as he was in minnesota like to me and and the other thing is i know it's a joke at this point but it's it's a legitimate fear in my mind that he's going to get injured this year like it feels like he's just hurt every year but it's so like i to in my mind sam bradford and especially when you look at their schedule their schedule scares me because um they have to play the rams week two so that's going to be a very tough defense in L.A. They have to play in L.A. week two. That's going to be a tough defense, and Sam Bradford is going to get hit a lot. And then they have to play the Bears, another good and fast, aggressive defense. And then they Damn play, right we are. And then you play I'll, – I'll, I'll give you guys that all day. You guys have a great defense. And then you have to go to Seattle. We just talked about we, – we don't know who they are, but they still have Earl Thomas – KJ Wright and Bobby Wagner, who are three of the hardest hitting defenders I have ever, besides Cam Chancellor. And then you got the 49ers. We don't know about the 49ers yet. But then you got the but, Vikings and the Broncos. I'll say the Niners have a have a good. Their front seven is good. Right. The second their secondary is is one to be left desired. So but that front seven is good. So again, he Sam Bradford's going to get beaten up, and then you got Minnesota and Denver. If he, if you're telling me. 
you can confidently look me in the eye and say that you think Sam Bradford will survive L.A., Chicago, Seattle, Minnesota, and Denver if you think he won't get hurt in at least one of those games, then that's just ridiculous. Because I would, I, like, I would like to point out that I said they, <laughs> the Cardinals need him to at least play to 75% of what he did last oh, season. Oh, well, yeah. And then to which I said, I myself am not sold on him if he okay. can do it, but that is what the Cardinals need. Okay, that's they, fair. If they if they really want to pose a legitimate threat to St. Louis. That's fair. Trust me, under no circumstance am I saying I'm a Sam Bradford fan. Good, because... I'm just saying what the team, what the Arizona Cardinals probably need out of him to compete. Right. And to me, there's no evidence out there that shows me that Sam Bradford is a good and efficient quarterback other than the year at Minnesota, or the couple years, I don't know how long he was there. I should because he's in our division. But, you know, he was under Pat Shermer, so, like, I can't count that because Case Keenum did the same thing. And I don't see Case Keenum as a good quarterback either. Like, he's good. He's a game manager. But, like, I – the point is, I first of all, I see Sam Bradford getting hurt. And if they keep Mike Glennon, it would be smart to put him in. I don't see them keeping Mike Glennon. Although it would be – I think be, you have to. I think you I almost think- have to. You, you have to because of Sam Bradford's health history, right. obviously, as you mentioned. Right. And the fact that it's another veteran guy who's been around the league, who knows the league, who can help who can help out Josh Rosen. And both both guys are essentially journeymen, so they can tell him the ins and outs and different things. You're kind of forced to because if Bradford gets hurt, you're not throwing Rosen out there right away. I would hope they wouldn't. And that's – okay, so that's my fear. So – my note specifically says, it says, Josh Rosen will be great in a year or two. But Bradford's going to play this year specifically because they don't want Rosen to play right away and they paid Bradford a butt ton of money. So you kind of have to play him. But in my mind, Bradford's going to get hurt. And if you don't keep Mike Glennon up there, then they're going to be throwing Josh Rosen to the Wolves. And specific okay so let's say hypothetically (laughs) sam bradford actually makes it to denver then he gets hurt in week seven against denver say he's out for the season say they don't keep mike glennon then you're throwing josh rosen against the 49ers the chiefs the raiders the chargers the packers the lions the falcons the rams and the seahawks this is one of the toughest schedules i've seen all year like, the Arizona Cardinals have a very, very tough schedule, especially late. Early, they have to face a lot of good defenses, but later on, like, the teams that they have, the, the Chargers, the Packers, the Falcons, and the Rams, those are all contenders. And this Arizona team, you know, either with Josh Rosen or Mike Glennon, is not going to do well. And like I said, even if Josh Rosen goes in this year, I don't think he does good. But he'll be good in it. Like next year, he'll if they play him next year, you know, he'll be decent. I think by year three, he's going to be a consistent starter and he's going to be fantastic. But we'll talk about that when we get there in three years, in two years. Um, the this Cardinals team, it, it comes down to quarterback play, especially in this division. And I don't see the Cardinals being able to make any noise whatsoever against against their 
their teams. Like, especially defensively, they have good defensive backs and linebackers, but they only have Chandler Jones on the line. So, like, if you're given all day, Patrick Peterson can't cover a dude for 10 seconds. Like, it's only for a couple seconds. Like, it's every play, he can't lock them down for 10 to 15 seconds. So, if you can't get to the quarterback, there's going to be trouble there. I, and I, even with David Johnson, I don't think this offense is going to be good enough to compete, especially the offensive line. It looks, the offensive line looks good, but it's old. So, like, I, I don't know if it can stay healthy. I don't know how well it'll compete with defensive lines, especially in this division. And I just don't think with the combination of the defense maybe not being able to hold teams and the offense maybe not able to score enough of points, I don't think this Cardinals team is going to be very competitive this year. But, like my notes say, I, it says, rebuilding, but a very, very bright future. Like this Cardinals team, especially with Josh Rosen at quarterback. I think Josh Rosen is one of the most talented quarterbacks in this draft, and he's going to be good two, two years down the line. But as of right now, I don't think this team is anywhere. They... And I don't think it's, like, I do think they are rebuilding, but, like, I think the rebuild is already kind of there at this point. Like you said, I think it's more of a retool. Like, they need to start bringing in offensive linemen, maybe more defensive linemen, and just kind of starting to fill holes that they have. Because the rest of this roster is pretty talented. They just need to start filling in these holes. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't think they're going to be very competitive this year. You said it best. I mean, I think they're the only difference is I think they I think they are the best threat to the to the Rams. I honestly do. I think a lot, certain things, certain very crucial things, need to at least go average or above average to good. But I, this, you look at the rest of the division. This is the only team that can legitimately go toe to toe with LA and it not be, at least on paper, just look like a complete and utter mismatch. Yeah. At least to on me. On paper, I can at see. At least yeah. to me. I can see that. It's it's interesting but because remember, I I don't I, I have the Cardinals very low in my standings. And I have you know the way my order goes, I have San Fran pretty high. And, and like I think that they're going to have a good record-wise because of Jimmy Garoppolo. But, like, as you bring that up, it's hard for me to say that they can compete with the Rams. Like, it's a very good – I think there's a very good chance. I think there's a better chance than not that the Rams completely sweep this division. Like, that they go undefeated 6-0 and against these three teams. Um, On paper, I agree with you that Arizona – would match up better but I don't think that they're the second best team in this division so I don't know um so let's get to how we think the standings will go down so what do you have we'll go bottom to top four to one who do you have um for the NFC West I'm flip-flopping on this one (laughs) honestly I really am I really, 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 really am. And one of the predictions that I looked at, a couple of them, kind of 
neither of them really helped because they, they also flipped. Quite a bit. <laughs> so I'm going to go with my gut here. And I'm going to say Seattle is going to be last in the NFC West. Ooh, okay. There are way too many question marks. That roster just is, is it's too depleted. You, you really, there's too much uncertainty. There's way too much uncertainty. The only for sure thing that is there is Russell Westbrook. Is Re- not Russell Westbrook, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. It's okay, I did that earlier too. And and I can't even say Pete Carroll's a sure thing because there was talk that he Oof. might be leaving for another job and everything too. His, his only, situation is a lot like Popovich where like the system's kind of breaking down. Right. There's the only sure thing you know right now on that roster, no doubt whatsoever, is Russell Wilson. Yep. Outside of that, yeah, you have uh, you have Bobby Wagner and the rest of these guys. That defense lost its way. I mean, Richard Sherman literally said it best. He literally said, they've lost their way. Yeah. And this is the year that is going to be put under a massive microscope. We're all going to see it. And by the and by the end of the year, we're going to we're not we, they. They are going to have to look themselves in the mirror and realize we have to tear this sucker down and at least try to get something going again relatively soon while we still have a tier one quarterback in his prime. I don't think they're going to do very well in this division. There's too much, there's too many question marks and the teams that they're going to play this season. Good luck. If Russell Wilson's literally your only legitimate threat on both sides of the ball, they're finishing last in this division. All right. My number four are the Arizona Cardinals. I think so, and you'll pro- this will probably give it away. But the way I have this going, it it really to me came down to this is two different. Like there's the one dominating team, and then the other three are rebuilding. And the way I kind of looked at those three was quarterbacks, and that's basically how I did it. Um, because especially just nowadays, I think quarterback play is so important in this league and it's, it'll take you farther. It it can, it can make up for blemishes on your roster. And I think the Arizona Cardinals have the weakest quarterback in this division. And I, even though they have one of the better rosters, they're also, you know, the coaching staff is kind of shifting gears. So I think they're in the middle of a retooling or rebuilding, um, and I think they're farther than Seattle um, in as far as rebuilding goes. But I, I, I don't know. There's just something to me. I just don't think this Cardinals team is going to be very competitive. I have them at five and five and eleven. Who do you got at number three? 49ers. <laughs> okay. The forty the 49ers because. They, there's pieces in place for them to to be very good, to be I don't want to say very competitive, but competitive. And there will be a day where I honestly do think that the 49ers are going to run this division. Yes, I do think Jimmy Garoppolo is is a future star. Yes. I do think that there's a lot of young talent on that team, and 
that can break through. I I don't trust the secondary. Richard Sherman helps. Have some other vet pieces there, but if the front in that as good as that front seven is, if they don't get to the quarterback, I don't tr- fully trust that secondary. Right now, they're gonna. I think they're gonna finish third. At least that's what I think. But I would not be surprised if they shock. If for whatever reason they pull something. L.A. Rams 2017-esque. I right. would not be surprised. If there's a team in this division that could do that, if there's a team in the league that could do it, yeah, it's 1A, 1B between the Niners and the Bears for me. More so the Niners because Jimmy, because Jimmy Garoppolo. All about quarterback play. Exactly. And, I mean, I'll get, I'll get to – why the Bears are probably going to be 1B, if not just number two for me when it comes to teams that could pull a Rams right. here when we get to the NFC North. But sitting behind Tom Brady, learning from Bill Belichick and all those other pieces and having a guy uh, like Kyle Shanahan there as, the, as your head coach, these things help. Jimmy Garoppolo has literally been groomed for this. So that's the only reason why I can see that they can pull this off. It's just, I don't, you know, I, I need to see what's going to happen from the wide receiving core. And I need to know if that's, if that secondary can at least be average. Cause we know what the front seven can do. So I have them at third because I think they're right on the cusp. They're getting there. But again, like I said, do not be surprised if they pull something not completely like LA did last year. But something very, very similar. Um, interesting because at third, I have the Seattle Seahawks. I believe that they, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> like you said earlier, it's really hard to know what this team is going to do. Um, the only difference to me is that they have Russell Wilson. And that they're going to be able to step, or that he's going to be able to step up and carry that team. And I, they're going to be, I don't, they're they're going to be right in between the line of like mediocrity and like I don't even like just on the cusp, <laughs> like because they still have a decent amount of talent. They have wide receivers and they have a still a very talented uh, defense. But the pieces, I don't know how well the pieces are going to be able to fit together. Um, and it's going to be interesting. They're in a rebuild, but they're very, they're failing at the rebuild in my opinion at this point. So I have them at seven and nine third in the division. Um, but I, to the reason I have them above Arizona, like I said, is because of quarterback play. I, I just think Russell Wilson is that good and he'll be able to elevate that team above Arizona and just, you know, above mediocrity, but right at like middle middle level playing who do you got it to i can take a guess (laughs) yeah yeah the arizona i mean as if as if it's a shocker to anyone you know everyone really shouldn't be surprised after the praise that i gave them again for a division excuse me but for a division where everyone not named the rams 
are going through some form of change. Some some of the other three teams more drastic than the others. The re- the only viable I think threat. Someone's got to come in second in this division. Let me put it. Let me put it to you this way. Someone's got to come in second. It's very true. Someone has to, and the the Cardinals are going through which are starting to go through a change. The Niners are changing for the better. You know they're looking really good. They're going to be a definite threat to the Rams in the future. The Seahawks they are definitely on the downswing. Yes, there are. There's so much transition going on with all three of those teams. Where, but the team that I think that has the pieces in place and they can go off of the previous year's success, so to speak. And as I mentioned earlier, it is a lot of the damage they can do is purely, purely, purely dependent under. With the, by the play under center, they're going to come in second in this division. I'm not saying they're going to have the greatest record of all. I mean, I'm. I looked earlier. USA USA Today had the Cardinals and the Niners both with seven and nine records, which I could very well see. I think seven and nine is a very respectable record for the 49ers, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, they're def- the Niners are definitely going to improve on their total last year. That's for sure. Yeah, I hope. Uh, yeah, but, but they—they're the only team where I can legitimately look and be like, "Hey, they, if if any if anyone's going to come in second, it's probably this one." The the Niners—they're going to be that team where they will compete, if not be contenders for that division crown and maybe the playoffs or a deep playoff run. To me, they're a, they're one year away, but as I mentioned. About 10 minutes ago, I could see that process being accelerated this year. And then the Seahawks, they're not doing if, – if, if they come out of the gate and start destroying teams, I will be surprised. Yeah. So it's literally just a matter of it's, – it's literally just a matter of someone has to come in second. And, you know, there's – they're more of a sure thing – or as close to a sure thing in comparison to the Niners and the Seahawks than they are. One team's on the upswing, but I don't think they're there yet. One team is permanently on the downswing. And then there are the Cardinals where they could. They could. They can come, quotation marks, compete. All right. I like them. I'm not highly sold on them. Don't <laughs> so don't don't get this. Don't think this is me saying I'm I love the Cardinals. I just think that they are in a better place in comparison to the Niners and the Seahawks at that point. That alone is good enough for them to be second in my book in this division. That's fair. I have San Francisco at two. Um, And like I explained earlier, it's strictly because quarterback play at this point. And I'm following my gut that Jimmy Garoppolo is the real deal and he is going to be a fantastic player for the San Francisco team next year. And I think they go up to nine and seven. I think they have a winning record because he's just going to be that good. He's going to be able to turn things on. And this roster obviously isn't going to be that good talent wise. And, you know, on paper doesn't really compete anywhere near Arizona, but I think just, especially with Kyle Shanahan on as 
as the court or as the head coach. He's going to be fantastic for Jimmy G and this team. They're just going to be able to put together winning plays, win and and just be able to put up numbers that teams that they are playing aren't aren't going to be able to follow. Um, like I, like I said, this my my three. Obviously, there's the one dominating team, and then there's the three rebuilders. And the way I ranked the three rebuilders was based on how good the quarterback is. And I think and I think it goes Jimmy G and then Russell Westbrook. Wilson. <laughs> Just talk too much basketball this summer, man. We really did. Football let's see oh, man. Can't wait for football to start. I I think it goes Jimmy Garoppolo, Russell Wilson, and then Sam Bradford. And slash slash uh, Rosen slash Glennon. Right. <laughs> um yeah, and and a lot of people are probably a little thrown off that I'm putting Jimmy G over Russell Wilson, but I honestly I'm like, a little bit thrown off that you're putting <laughs> Jimmy G above Russell Wilson. And that's not <laughs> and let me be clear, that's not me being petty against Russell Wilson. Like I that's how much I believe in Jimmy Garoppolo, and that's how much that's how good I think he's going to be. When he went on whatever website it was like a week ago or two weeks ago, and he flat out said, when I was in New England, I thought I was better than Tom Brady. I believe I believe that he thought that, first of all, because you kind of have to believe that. You have to believe that you're the best to be competitive in this league. But I honestly, like, I... This is probably me being petty towards Tom Brady, too, but I think he's a more talented quarterback. And I think he has the potential to be a more talented more talented quarterback and i i think this year especially with kyle shanahan as coordinator i think they're gonna i think he's gonna prove that this year and he's going to bring san francisco to second place and i think they're just going to miss the wild card this year and i don't i really don't have to ask you but i do who do you got at number one connor the rams do i need to give you a reason no (laughs) okay Unless you want to. Not really. <laughs> we talked about it already. Yeah, the Rams, I have them slightly last year. They were 11-5. and five. I have them slightly better at 12-4. and four. Um, Yeah, they were dominant last year. They upgraded at positions that they were weak in last year. I, that's, all I, uh, that's all you really – they had the defensive player and offensive player of the year and the head coach of the year. I think that's all you have to say. Yeah, I – yeah, I, I, honestly, I've been trying to describe why they're going to be first just beating a dead horse at this point. It's just yeah. move on. Like we I all said, know what's going to happen. <laughs> like I said, dominant team, three rebuilds. And that was the NFC West. Let's get on to some segments. So first, winners and losers. Connor, who is your winner? Uh, Milwaukee Bucks fans, because y'all got a Christmas Day game. Yeah, we did. Let's go against against Kristaps Porzingis and the Knicks, which and the yeah, unicorn versus freak. I kind of like it. Also, 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 uh, my uh, my my winner is a, is former Warhawk wide receiver Jake Kumaro. Yes, because he has been getting a lot of first team reps, and and in the most recent. Uh, report that I saw today when Aaron Rodgers tore his wide receiving core a new one 
<laughs> he did not tear Jake Kluber a, a new one because let me read you the quote. Please. And I quote, it was one of the worst car, uh, card sessions we had. I don't know how you can make it any simpler. You literally have what the play would be in our terminology on the card, and the effort level was very low, especially with what I'm accustomed to. And if anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about, this is with a, a drill that happened in practice right. Tuesday. Tuesday. So they re-recorded. Anyways, back to the quote. I've been running that period for a number of years, so it's not a good start for us on the card period for the young guys. I think D'Angelo, as in D'Angelo Yancey, has mm-hmm. really progressed. Gmo, Geronimo Allison, obviously 16, who is Jake Kumaro. But everyone else was kind of piss poor, end quote. Piss poor. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying this is the year Jake Kumaro makes the <laughs> active roster. But this is kind of the year Jay Kumro makes the active fifty-three man roster, and I and I will and I, I am saying it right here. I'm saying it right now because there's actually two people that I know on the Packers. I played high school football with one uh, running back Joel Bunyom. I played high school. I played high school football with him when uh, the one year I played high school football. My claim to fame is that I tackled him, and it was a, it was a damn good tackle in <laughs> practice. So I'm proud of that. He, and I was a small, scrawny freshman, and he was big, bulky sophomore. <laughs> so I tackled it. I tackled an NFL running back. Take that! Hell yeah! <laughs> but I, I'll say it here first: if either of those two guys, but especially Kumaro, if Kumaro makes the active fifty-three man roster for my birthday, or at some, or at some point during the season, I am buying a Packer jersey. It will not be Aaron Rodgers. It will be Jake Kumro. Booking it right now. Book I'm it. saying it right now. For those if of you, Kumro... for those of you who don't know, Jake Kumro was a wide receiver at UW Whitewater, and is now in the NFL. And one of the best wide receivers D three has yes. ever seen. Yes. And yeah, I'm I'm calling it right. I'm saying it right now. That is a promise. If come week one, <clears throat> when they play the Bears at Lambeau Field, Jake Kumro. Illinois resident, by the way. If he makes the active 53-man roster, Kumro number 16, Packers jersey, one of the two, stretch that, one of maybe three Packers jerseys I will ever, four Packers jerseys I will ever wear in my life. <laughs> four, five, five Packers. <laughs> no, you know what, six Packers. I'm leaving it at four. 15 right. Packers. We'll leave it at 15. <laughs> Screw that. <laughs> That's turning my back on my hometown team. Green and gold, I would, baby. I would get a, would get a Kumro jersey. If if Joel makes the team, I'm getting his jersey. I would obviously get an Aaron Rodgers jersey. And I grew up a Brett Favre fan That's as great. a Bears fan. Yes, I know. We exist. Um, but, so those are so maybe that. But my first Packer jersey will be Jay Kumro if he makes the active team roster. Um just to go off of your story real quick of you playing or going to high school with that with the running back um just a fun fact my roommate zach um hi zach i don't think you actually listen um he went to high school with dean lowry the defensive end for the green bay packers oh yeah on draft day he was like hey watch out for this dean lowry dude he entered the draft and i was like okay and then like five minutes later it was like the green bay packers selected dean lowry and i was like oh cool so yeah that's a little fun fact 
my winner is baseball meltdowns because um, <laughs> for anyone who hasn't seen this, you need to go watch this video because it's hilarious. Um, uh, Fargo Moorhead Redhawks player. Uh, they are an indie baseball league. <clears throat> he, yeah, the this player got thrown out of the game on Monday night because of a controversial strike three call during his at-bat. Before leaving the field and going to the clubhouse, he proceeded to grab a trash can from the clubhouse entryway, take that trash can onto the field, and while the ump was still arguing with the manager, uh, Brennan Metzger, who, who was the player who struck out and got thrown out, Brennan placed the trash can in the spot where the ump would normally stand behind the plate during play. And then as he walked back off the field, pointed at the trash can, looked the ump in the face, and said, that's you. (laughs) And then walked to the clubhouse where he was thrown out. And this is one of the best ones that I've... Definitely the best one of 2018 so far. But one of the best... Like one of the best meltdowns I've seen in baseball in a very long time. Like I, I feel like the baseball meltdown has cooled off a lot. Like we don't get people going and stealing second base anymore. Like the manager doesn't go and take second base and walk out. We don't see chairs getting thrown anymore. But this, like literally taking a big and it wasn't like a little like kitchen tr- trash can either. It was like one of those big like I don't even know how like a t- I think it's probably around 15 gallon trash can 20 gallon probably trash can that you like normally see at sports complexes he picked it up bagging everything it was like half full of garbage just perfect and he places it and he kind of like fits it like it moves it (laughs) a little bit so that it's in the right spot and then walks back and he goes that's you that's you right there that's you and it's one of my favorite videos i've seen of baseball in a very long time i laughed so hard but yeah, winner baseball meltdowns. Connor, who's your loser? Oh, hey. there's a few. There's a few. <laughs> I mean, I kind of want to say the whole Donald Trump thing since we haven't talked about that yet. But yeah. I'm gonna save that. Okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to save that because I have a funny feeling there will come a day where I I'm going to just want to go off on the biggest rant ever known to mankind. Hell yeah! Might might lose a lot of friends, but it's fine. That's fine. What's 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 five more <laughs> that, <I've> already, <laughs> that are already down? <laughs> what's five more? Yeah. But my loser here, hell, I might lose friends for this one because people are probably sick of me talking about it. My loser here is the WWE product oh, no. because earlier today I was on Twitter and everything, you know, just minding my own business, and I was and I saw something, and there is a report that came out that on Monday. One of the reasons why Brock Lesnar was not at Raw, apart from the fact that it wasn't one of his scheduled dates, right, was that he met with Vince McMahon. Oh, no. And the talks were centered around him still being a part of the WWE oh, no. post-SummerSlam. Oh, no. The, the, report, the, the report basically ended saying, with this in mind, Do not be surprised if Lesnar walks out of SummerSlam, still the champion, and still has a championship while he's in the midst of his his third third 
UFC run. This just confirms my theory, and I can't remember who I said it to. It was either Duncan or Tom or someone. This confirms my theory that they might actually extend his contract and let him hold the universal title until his match with with DC. Because then if he beats DC, he will be UFC champion and WWE champion. And I just I, I can see them doing that, and that's what scares me. See the fact that this news is already out. Whereas where the, do, you, do you know where you saw that or who reported it? It was a tweet. It's a it's this Twitter account called WWE Alerts. Okay. And literally, and I kid you, because I'm surprised I missed this. <laughs> I'm pretty up to date on WWE news. About eighty to eighty eighty percent and up percent of the time, honestly, anything that they report usually comes to fruition. Ugh. In some way or fashion. Ugh. So me seeing that, and part of me thinks that now that this report is kind of sort of flirting out there and everything, part of me thinks WWE will again pull a swerve. But I just, the reason why I picked them to lose is because, A, I've already gone on a rant on how this is so bad for the product. And B, I just realistically do not see how they have made how they have somehow some way actually made Roman Reigns favorable to the WWE universe they've humanized Paul Heyman they've made Brock Lesnar legitimately look like who we all honestly think he is in real life which is a guy who just doesn't care about the about the business he just cares about making his pockets fatter mm-hmm. they've done all this in what will seemingly be a coronation for Roman Reigns, even though the way that they're kind of building it now, now I can, in a way, I can see Lesnar still winning. But still, I don't... I it, it will be the dumbest decision, and I'll reiterate this as I said in a previous show, it will be the dumbest decision for them to keep the belt off of the main show for almost an entire calendar year. Because he's already slated to be at the Raw after SummerSlam. And I'm a little bit worried he's going to have it. He's going to walk in there as a champion. My only hope is that either there's a money in the bank cash in or he just, or or he does some stupid segment, which is like, I've, I've already proven I could beat everybody here. I'm yeah. forfeiting the title. And then he walks. That's it. That's it. That's the, that's the only... There is... If Lesnar stays, there is very, 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 very few ways they can rebound for that because you would have essentially killed off your top star in the company because he can't beat Lesnar, and the and the belt will presumably be off TV even longer. How do you recover from that? You don't. (laughs) You don't. You don't. Now that you say, there's a lot of different ways that this could go. I. In my mind, Roman doesn't walk out champion at all. Like, this is not his coordination. If if they're still going to do his big coordination, it's going to be at WrestleMania, either Brock or, or Strowman. And so I, I was convinced that Braun was going to cash in, but I could see them maybe having Brock win at SummerSlam and then maybe Braun cashing in on Raw. 
I don't know. I could see, you know, since he's actually scheduled to be there, maybe. I don't know. He he cannot carry that title. Like it, it's it's going to be terrible, and people are, there's going to be there was already an, an incredible amount of backlash after that. It, if they do it again, it's just it's not going to be good. Not going to be good at all. No. Um, yeah. My loser is C.J. McCollum. Oh, what and now? I don't know. I don't know if you saw this, <laughs> but uh, obviously we all know um, about the Twitter feud with Kevin Durant, and that's that's not what this is about. That's not what my loser is about because that happened. That happened a while ago. Um, C.J. McCollum uh, is now continuing to lose to Kevin Durant online because in the new NBA 2K19 oh, yep. trailer, yep. at the 28 second mark. CJ McCollum is shown getting his shot blocked by Kevin Durant. Saying he <laughs> and I think shot, saying he this is great. Blocked is First of all, kudos to 2K for getting that in there. And second of all, the <laughs> best caption that I saw on Twitter was Bleacher Report retweeting or tweeting a picture of the block with the caption, I did your effing podcast. <laughs> No, that just that's just a winner in my book. Like Bleacher, Bleacher Report, they won that. But, but CJ McCollum, man, like, and he's right in this situation. That's the that's the whole terrible thing. Like his his metaphor was on point, and or his analogy, I should say, was on point. And he's right in all of this, but somehow he's still the one getting clowned on social media. But. but like 2K is just savage putting that. Like McCollum's just getting his his shot just stuffed by Kevin Durant, and I think it's just hilarious that that's even a thing that's happening in 2K right now. Did you see that, Connor? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I did. The trailer looks great, by the way. The trailer looks great. The graphics are the same thing they've been, but to be honest, there's not much. They they can't keep much better than they already right. are. The game's probably going to be the same. That's that's a game that I probably won't get. That, that I'll get it for the yeah, cover. I'm not, I'll get it later for the covers. I might get it for the physical rewards uh, that come with it if I buy that pre-order too. the edition that I'm most likely going to pre-order. But that too. Saying that he got his shot blocked in that trailer is putting it lightly. Yes, that dude got. <laughs> mm, you know what? I'm not even gonna go, it. For anyone, just go watch it. I'll, go I'll, watch it. Yeah. Go, go NBA 2K19 trailer that just dropped today, Tuesday. Um, I think it, yeah, yeah. It, it dropped. Just, yeah, go watch it. 28, 28 seconds second in. Mark. If you really don't want to watch it's, the full trailer, twenty second or 28 seconds in. There were uh, Giannis's mean mug is in the game, though, if the trailer is anything. So if you want to see that, there's that. But What did Giannis say? What did you say? The mean mug. Oh yeah, that's right. They have Giannis's mean mug in there. It's great. But yeah, just go go watch the trailer. If I me trying to describe it just isn't gonna isn't gonna do it justice. Just go watch it. That's that's not me asking. That's a demand at this point. <laughs> CJ McCollum loses. One last thing before we wrap up this podcast, Connor. What do you got? My one last thing is 
Credit to LeBron James. Because if you remember a few months ago, a news pundit, I don't know if she was a political analyst or if she's just a, a general journalist, but she went on news and whatnot and said that LeBron James and most other athletes, but especially LeBron, should shut up and dribble. Yes. Enter LeBron James in his new land. Yeah, in his new LA lifestyle. As he is executive producing a docuseries with Showtime that is going to be focused on athletes and how they are now having their foot in in the door when it comes to social awareness and stuff like that. Uh, social justice issues, how the giving back to the community, all of that, you know, basically athletes, you know, having a say in what's going on in the world. Yeah. To which the title of said docuseries, which debuts this October, is titled Shut Up and Dribble. Now, perfect. I know damn well that there are friends of mine who are on the opposite side of the aisle that I'm that people are slowly starting to figure out that I am on right because I don't usually talk about it but because of circumstances that have happened both national wise and personal wise I have now completely busted out of that shell right so there are probably people who are probably hearing this and the other stuff that I've said in previous episodes and they're just like okay we get it enough already just stop you're just like a, you're just like everyone else is ramming your opinions down your throat. No, I am not. <laughs> what I encourage you to do is to stop whining about my side of things. If you are, if you're listening to this and you just rolled your eyes, then I don't give a damn. Because I, I can sense that this part in the show, people are just rolling their eyes at what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. But it's hard to tell someone, and maybe he has said negative things about the president, and you might like the president on the death, and blah, 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 whatever. This would be different if LeBron James did absolutely nothing for his community ever, ever. And he just all of a sudden did this. He has always done things like this. He has always done things for the community. Athletes are allowed to have an opinion on things outside of sports. <laughs> who knew? Oh, who knew? Who knew? I, for one, cannot wait for this documentary. And I applaud the decision-making of the title because that is next that is next level petty. Oh yeah. And as the TV and radio stations resident prince of the pettiness, I approve. Prince of petty approved. <laughs> Just get Bam, a little stamp. A stamp on it. <laughs> <laughs> with me with two thumbs up just cheesing. Just <laughs> prince we're, of petty approved. We're making that a thing. I love it. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for that documentary, honestly. But 
don't know. My one last thing on a lighter note <laughs> is uh, <laughs> if I haven't said it enough, I'll say it again. Football is back. <laughs> and even more so this week than last week because the uh, actual preseason starts this week. Thursday night, uh, this goes up Wednesday, so tomorrow night, we get to see, like, most teams except for, like, like two or three games are Friday and Saturday, I think. And uh, But we get to actually see every team instead of just a Hall of Fame game. It's not just going to be Chase Daniels versus RG3. Um, so, like, I'm actually going to be able to – I'm going to watch a Packer game. <laughs> I don't know about anyone else. I'm going to watch a Packer game. I'm going to have a beer in my hand, and I'm going to be wearing a Packers jersey like it's the regular season because I'm just so ready for football to be back. Um, So, like, yeah, I'm excited for football. or I'm excited for the Packers, and more so than anything, I'm excited for, like, quarterback controversies to actually start playing out and, like, everything, everything else, like all these rookies starting to make their debuts and seeing how they stack up with actual NFL players. The preseason is actually kind of interesting when you look at it from that. Um, but it's only week one, so it won't be too important. But most of all, this means that we are exactly four weeks away from the regular season. And that just makes me so freaking excited. <laughs> I just I just want football back. I just can't wait. But it is back. Week one preseason. It's going to be great. All righty. Well... <laughs> With with that, wait. How many times are you going to say that for as long as we talk football? Football is back. It, I will that? keep saying it until it is actually one hundred percent back. So week one. So after I will say it during week one, or like after, like, oh man, how are we going to record episodes when football starts? That's going to be interesting. But um, we'll probably record during <laughs> during Sunday gonna... night games. I was going to say it's probably going to be that or it's going to be a late recording of a podcast. <laughs> um, I'll just, hey, I get I get to hop in my car and just drive over to the station. I don't mind. Yeah, same. Okay. Um, no, I will I will stop saying it the Monday after week one will be the last time I say it. All right. Because it will it will be officially back that day. You're like, it, it's back. And then, and then it's always back after that. But until then, Maybe it's not. This just means college back. football is coming back soon, and I can't wait for that too because I love watching college football. Well, well there you go. You, uh, now, I, then I can just get say college football is back. Oh jeez. Anyways, Good. I can say it longer. Look what I've done. Anyways, to find out to see how long he he as in Kyle does decide to say this for as long as football is apparently not back, even though it is back. But to figure out how long he's going to say this. Give give us a subscription or actually no, don't give us a subscription. You don't pay. This is free. <laughs> Which is <laughs> weird because it's still a subscribe button on iTunes, but that's neither here nor there. But it is free and it is free on SoundCloud. This is mo- uh, this is again relevant to those of you who have Androids, as it is still not on Spotify. We will update you when that does become the case. <clears throat> but if you do have iTunes, what you need, what or an iPhone, or an iMac, or something Apple, what I need you to do is to go to the podcast app. I don't know how it works on the iMac, but I believe they have a podcast app as well. And you go find First Round KO, 
And you need to find that subscribe button and you need to smash that subscribe button because, yeah, we also got our first review the other day, which is great. So leave more reviews. That's awesome. We, yes. like, we, like, to see good, we like to see good things about ourselves. Yes. Oh. Also, Stroke sure our egos. What do you go? Don't go there. <laughs> to figure out if we do have egos, follow follow the podcast Twitter at FRKO Podcast. Also follow Kyle at Olson Two K Eighteen. And to figure out how many friends I in fact did lose with my LeBron James rant, <laughs> follow me at Connor Moore <clears throat> underscore seven. Links in the description. What are we, what division are we going to talk about next? Who knows? I actually do know. <laughs> Ooh. I actually do have this planned out, <laughs> unlike last time. So stay tuned for Friday's episode, because on Friday's episode, we will be talking NFC South. Oh, I was getting excited for the North. Aha, I'm saving the North for last, for next Monday. That, that, that's, that's fair. I, I can't, I'm, I'm down with that. Yeah, NFC South on Friday, NFC North on Monday. So hit that subscribe button or the follow button on SoundCloud and... Uh, yeah, then you will be updated. You will be notified when those uh, episodes go live. Until then, make sure you, A, hit those follow and subscribe buttons. B, hope you uh, hope you enjoy this episode. C, give us a five-star rating on iTunes and leave us a review if you'd, if you'd so please. And D, tune in for next Friday. <clears throat> where we shock the system since day one-ish. Things are getting eerie like the Lakers down in Michigan. Had a good year, kind of tired. We're the Michelin at the finish line. Go get the checkered flag. Take a couple more shots. That's extended mag. I don't mean to brag. You smell the scented bag. I pull up solo at the function. I'm a tennis stag. Stone cold bachelor. Acid rapping chancellor. Couple years in amateur, but never had a chance. We are. You see me as a challenge to manage your intuition.